Welcome to Lift, our parenting podcast. This week, we thought we'd go real simple and um, talk about the election season coming up. Um, we've already seen ads on social media and signs in our neighbor's yards. And I just brought in a guest who I thought could help us have healthy conversations with our families and with our kids and um, how to guide them. So Jenny, would you introduce yourself? Yes. Um, thank you for having me as always for these very simple topics <laughs> that I'm usually invited to talk about. Um, so my name is Jenny Gomez. I'm a licensed professional counselor supervisor. Um, I've been in private practice for many years and also worked in nonprofit world um, with kids, primarily kids and teenagers, and also families and adults. And I am also a litigation consultant with a large family law firm and work with families going through difficult times in their life in that capacity as well. So so you're the perfect guest. And I'm a mom, and I have a 13 and 11-year-old daughter. So. There you go. Oh, yes. yeah, and I'm, I want to start introducing myself. Um, Kim Myers, I'm the pastor here at St. Andrew, not the pastor, a pastor. I don't ever want to be the pastor. That's not my life goals. Um, but I oversee our family ministry, so birth through college. So I have teenage boys, 14 and 16. So here we go. Yeah. All right. Let's just go for it, right? So as the election season approached, I talked about the ads, I mean, Snapchat, uh, Instagram, like our kids are seeing more than they ever have. Even if they don't have phones, they're seeing it on TV, they're hearing conversations. What's the best way to guide them when it comes to all this media input? Well, actually, I'm glad you asked it that way because it made me think of it in a different context than I was. Um when we've dealt with other situations in the past that have been like bad things happening, right. And the media is covering it. One of the things I always say is that you need to insulate your kids and be careful about, be a good filter about how much is coming at them from the media, whether it's, you know, seeing school shootings or natural disasters or hate crimes or whatever it is like kids can only process and handle so much. And when the media you know, aspect of it, whether it is social media or the news or online outlets, they can only process and digest it to the extent developmentally that they're capable. Yeah. And that I think is the important theme for me for this whole discussion is that children are not miniature adults. Teenagers are not miniature adults. Quite frankly, I love older teenagers. They're some of my favorite ages to work with and like college students love, love, love that age. But let's be real and like think about it for a minute. When you were 19 and 20 years old, you probably think a whole lot more open and a little bit more gray area than you did as a black and white thinking uh -huh. 18 to 22 year old probably um, because of brain development, because of life experience, because of all of those things. And so we have to look at it where our kids are at developmentally to know what they can handle with regards to any kind of information that's coming at them. I think we have to really look at that in terms of this election, um, any election, but this election um, is proving to be, um, I don't know, perhaps more controversial than the past or more polarizing than the past or more like the media stuff is everywhere coming at you from every different direction. Um, and, and because it's such a polarizing election, people are talking about it with very strong conviction. Well, I think it's also I read an article um, recently that talked about this fall has four things going on. We have COVID, 
which we've talked about in other podcasts, which means we are functioning out of fear and anxiety right now, even if you don't recognize it. So we have COVID, we have economy, we have election, and we have Black Lives Matter. And there's a pretty big chance that all four of those are going to, you know, meet and have a dinner party that may not be so much fun Mm -hmm. around election season. Yep. Right? So it's, it's honestly, I know this topic is how to talk about election, but it's, it's that greater scheme right now of what is actually happening in the world. And it's, it's a lot. Yes. I completely agree. And I think it's a lot for all of us. And to, to piggyback on what you just said, I think when we're, when we're operating in a state of fear, um, whether it's fear of our own safety, fear of our job security, fear of our financial situation, our retirement accounts, um, fear of our health and, and all those worries, we don't react as well as we normally would. Uh-huh. And, and so we do more knee jerks. We have more reactive kinds of types of reactions um, than when we're not operating out of fear. And so, unfortunately, all of those guests at said dinner party right. trigger fear on some level. Right. Or even if it's not fear, it triggers a significant emotional reaction. There's a visceral reaction to many of those dynamics. And so we're we're just spouting. I think people are just spouting off. Mm-hmm. And and personally, I wish we could all just keep our opinions to ourselves. <laughs> Adults, <laughs> kids, all the rest because all it does is to cause conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, yes, I've heard a couple stories of people changing their tune regarding some of those issues over the last 6 months or so. But for the most part, people tend to double down. Right. And you're not going to change you're not likely to change somebody from the different side of the of the table's opinion. So getting into a conflict about it, posting you know inflammatory things, being aggressive about it is only going to ramp up feelings and mm-hmm. anger and resentment. Um, it's not going to be constructive, most likely. I don't know if you saw on my Facebook page about a month ago. I think I had just kind of had it. And I posted this um, social media thing that I learned in my kids' middle school. And it was called Think. Um, is it kind? Mm-hmm. Is it intelligent? Does it um, cause conflict? You know, but I do think as adults, we need to think in our posting, is it is it something that's going to bring the world together or separate it? So in our conversations mm-hmm. with our kids. Well, and like one of my favorite things that I say to clients and all the time and myself and my kids and is help me understand how this is helpful. How is this helpful? Um, and if you can't just that one filter, if, mm-hmm. if, the, if you can't come up with something that's helpful and actually helpful, not just to like reduce some steam because you're mad and you need to spout off, but how is this helpful? Um, I think is another, you know, just kind of a way to mm-hmm. what, what's the good that's going to come of this. Yeah. So because we are so polarized right now, I think that's just a given. Mm-hmm. Can we have conversations with our kids about what they see on the news or what they hear in a healthy way? Or is it better to just kind of shut her down? I think you have to know your child. I think every kid is different. I think every kid has the capacity to process things differently and to have the discretion themselves of what to do with that information. Um one of the things that has been most appalling to me 
is the rhetoric that comes towards children. I'll just say mine in particular, um, <laughs> that from other children that, you know, they have no firsthand knowledge or no working understanding or, you know, solid education about these things they are saying. They're just spewing something that they've heard. Right. And so I think as parents, we have to determine you know, I do think that we should talk to our kids and have healthy conversations and not just keep them in the dark because one day they'll be voting. And I I, I don't want the first time they ever hear about it to be their first election season. But right. at the same time, I think as parents, we have to use discretion of not only what we say to them and how we say it and how we explain it, but also what we say when they're around because they are listening and they are hearing. And you may not even mean to say it to your child, but they hear it and then they regurgitate it on an eight-year-old level, a 12-year-old level, a 15-year-old level, and then they spit it out at some other kid at school or on put something on social media. And it can really cause... It can snowball. Big backlash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I have, I've worked with a family recently and I've been really impressed... Their family unit as a whole are on two different sides of the election spectrum. Wow. And um, the way that they are able to have conversations that are healthy with their kids where they're not trying to win. Nobody's trying to win in that. It's been a real healthy um, thing for me to witness Mm -hmm. um, is just how they're able to have conversations about things and have questions being asked and that kind of stuff. But nobody's trying to change each other's mind or win a battle. Um, and that's where I think we're at right now a lot of the times is we're trying to to change everything. If you're not my way, if you're not for me, you're against me. Mm-hmm. Instead of that, um, what was it that um, one of our podcast guests said? Holding space. Holding space. That has stuck with me. Me too. I've used it many times. Yeah. Yep. Um, and instead of listening, teaching our kids how to be respectful. Um, But listening doesn't mean agreeing with, right? I think that it is a huge life skill and gift to teach your kids to respectfully agree to disagree. That being said, I think one of the hardest parts of this particular election and this, to use your analogy, list of dinner party invitees is that there are some of these issues that are hard for people to agree to disagree on, right. that they believe they are solidly wrong. And that if you believe that, I don't know that I can be in relationship with you, I think is what mm-hmm. people are starting to feel. And I respect immensely the family that you're referring to. I don't know who it is. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but just that they're able to find that balance. I think that is unique and really healthy and impressive. Um, I think for a lot of people, though, they believe and and let's not forget, especially with our teenagers, teenagers feel things passionately. And the thing about teenagers is they may understand a little bit of stuff right from their own understanding and their own classes or watching podcasts or TED talks or what have you. And they may have enough. They may have some pretty solid opinions. I mean, young adults and teenagers do typically are the ones that have the Right. You know, historically, the 60s, it was, you know, right. adults and teenagers on the protests and all that stuff. So we know that that age developmentally tends to feel big and tends to take a stand. Um, younger kids, middle school and below, they're not going to be as educated about those issues, but they don't have any 
um, hesitation sometimes to say really horrible things to each other and to be really mean to each other. Right. And we know they do that about anything. You might have on the different color shoes or you didn't have your hair the right way that day. And if you're different, you will be ostracized by the pack. And so you add in politics and these issues and hearing parents fueled up. Um, and so back to what you're saying, I do think that it's important if we can have a healthy discussion with our kids, not just about political issues and what those things mean, but about when to keep your mouth shut, how to be a respectful listener, how to how to respond to somebody where it doesn't look like you're agreeing to them with them, but you're also not being snarky or disrespectful or, or fostering more conflict and how to respond of, you know, I hear what you're having, I hear what you're saying and I, I respect that you have your opinions just as I hope that you respect mine and I value our friendship and I'm going to choose not to get in this discussion with you because mm-hmm. I don't think it's healthy for our friendship at this point. You know, I there was one thing that happened. The football team started practicing again and they have to wear masks. Like, right. not an option. And one of my son's friends had strong opinions about it. And this conversation was happening in my, like as they were leaving my house, right? And so I'm just working on my computer like invisible to them, right? And they're just discussing it and finally they were like, "Dude, this is just how it is. Like, I understand you feel that way, but put it on. We got to wear it to play." What is the slogan, right? Wear wear a mask now so we can wear a helmet later. Ding. I like that. Uh-huh. But it was interesting how they were like, dude, we get you. But it is what it is. But it is what it is. And I thought, I wonder if adults could have done that. <laughs> you know? Yep. I wonder if, and these are teenage boys, mushy brain, 100%. But they were like, I get you. That was the part that struck me. Mm-hmm. Dude, I get you. But. But, you know. Well, and and I think that if people can... I just think that parents have to use discretion on this particular issue and to teach kids how to do that and how to validate that somebody else is allowed to have their feelings without you agreeing to it mm-hmm. um, and not getting into a snarky back and forth like uh, you're wrong, but I'm not going to have this discussion anymore and stop off. That would not be a healthy way to do right. it. Um, but to to respectfully, you know, agree to disagree and and to not engage in those conversations. I mean, we've coached our children our kids have a lot of questions about the election, and we are happy to discuss it with them. But to the extent that I believe that they're appropriate to the right. conversation is appropriate. But um, we have every single conversation starts and stops with this stays within the confines of this house. Mm-hmm. That there are the getting into a conversation at school, even if provoked about politics at 13 and 11 is not going to end well. Right. And what's the point? You're right. not going to change their opinion. They're not going to change your opinion. I mean, maybe they will. I don't know. But it's just y'all are, y'all are way too young. Nobody in that age range has even ever had a government class. Right. You, <laughs> you don't get to talk about politics yet. Um, and setting that boundary of if you have questions, I want to answer them. And I want to educate you. And I want to. And some of those things are really hard to have to. Well, I don't fully diff- always understand. Like there are yes. things that I have to research before I have a conversation with my kid because frankly I think sometimes my kids know more about it because they're in classes right now talking about it so I need to go get my education on so that we can have a full conversation and I hate admitting that but, but that's I am the vast majority of us yeah how many of us know like yeah we know abortion right, right. we know black lives matter 
some of us, I don't know that all of us fully understand it. I don't know, like there are some things that are like the social hot topics that I think we do feel like we have a relatively good understanding of, but I'll be the first to tell you, ask my accountant, I don't understand tax law. Right. I don't understand how that works. And, and, and I'm not even going to claim to, and, right. and I'm not going to understand like, you know, special interests and their stuff and, and the amount of money and tax breaks people get. And there are some those, some of those issues I'm not going to begin to start Mm -mm. acting like I know what I'm talking about because I don't. And and so why get off on this crazy tangent about it? You know, if I if I myself don't know, how in the world would I be able to tell somebody else about it? Yeah. Especially a kid. Yeah. So I think we have to all admit that there's probably a very small percentage of the United States of voting citizens who actually fully have a very strong understanding of all of the issues that impact this on the table. Well, and just even the voting requirements and the electoral college. Yes, what is all, that? all like, the that things. Make sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, so here's a simple question. <laughs> what should we not do as parents? I think we should not rant to our children without further discussion. I think we should not um, plant seeds in their in their heads without giving them the tools to understand it or know what to do with it because I feel like it's a setup for them, honestly. Um, and and our job as parents is to you know keep our kids safe number one and raise them up to be you know good, strong, faithful, you know, well-adjusted, good members of society and, and to be healthy and to be emotionally healthy and physically healthy and, and hopefully have good relationships themselves. And so why would we ever set our kids up for a disaster? And I think that honestly, feeding a kid, even, even unintentionally, a bunch of political stuff, but not following it up with the how to handle it, what to do with that information, I think is a setup. honestly, for them, because I've seen it play out where kids start saying, like making political grandiose statements, and then they get attacked for it because it's not the popular opinion, or maybe it is, I don't know, but that it just, it doesn't, and they don't have the information to back it up. Right. They make a big statement, but they don't have anything behind it of how to debate Mm -hmm. on those topics. So yeah, let me pause for a second, because you, you said the word faith. So I do think it's important Although government is important, and I am not minimizing that. But as Christians, we hold our faith into it's to God. And it's, you know, I say, I'm going to say it almost in every podcast. If every child could believe first and foremost that they are a child of God, and then all the other things, right? Republican, Democrat, straight, gay, football player, band player, right? Like boyfriend, girl. If all those other labels could fall to the side after first and foremost, I am a child of God. I think that is also a place where even we as an adult could breathe and recognize that where our faith lies and where um, we have, we that is one thing that we can know fully is we are loved by God. So I just had to add the little pastor moment into the election season. Well, and that we are all loved by God. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I think that's the reality is not only am I a child of God, but you are and all the other people 
the people who don't agree with you are loved by God. At the other convention and the people, we are all children of God and we are all called to behave as children of God and, and to love our neighbors as children of God. And yeah, I a thousand percent. And I think that honestly, it's a way more simple message yeah. than trying to understand the electoral college, the electoral college <laughs> or the popular vote or the tax law or the intricacies of some of these other things. And, you know, to, as Christians, we are children of God. We believe we are all are worthy of his love. Mm-hmm. And we are called to love our neighbor as ourselves. So where does that leave us? And at a minimum, when your kids are asking, I want to have this big discussion about it, I think that's a really good way to wrap up the discussion with them of here's this, here's that, here's difference, you know. But at the end of the day, little Johnny, we are all children of God. Yeah. People we agree with, people we don't agree with. And the, the thing I've told my kids, um, A, I've told them not to discuss politics with their friends unequivocally. Don't do it. You can discuss it with us. You can discuss it with grandparents. You can discuss it with, you know, safe people. It is just not a lunchroom conversation. It is not going to be healthy, right? And um, I've had my kids come home and say, well, such and such said this about a particular party. And it wasn't even, it was actually more representative of the other one. And I was like, <laughs> what? Like, it didn't even make sense. But, but why does it make sense? Because they're 13-year-old girls. Like, right. they don't understand. Right. And so, um a, I, I tell my kids, don't do it. Just don't do it. Um, and number two, if somebody is like ranting at you about it, you sit quietly you, or you can get up and walk away if it's offensive. Um, but you can just say, you know what, we can agree to disagree, but I'm not going to, you know. And at the end of the day, as I always tell my kids, you have full permission to throw us under the bus. Oh, yeah. You can say, um, my parents said I'm not allowed to talk about the election. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Quite frankly, like. Don't do it. Like, it's not going to end well or be helpful. Now, if you're a senior in high school and you're voting this year, that's different, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think that those those young people, you know, but, but quite frankly, I am a, a grown adult and I don't get into discussions about politics with people unless they bring it up and they bring it up in, in a way that I know we are on the same page. Right. I don't get into a debate. I'll get into a, like, shared experience kind of conversation, if they initiate it, I don't ever initiate it because I don't know. Right. Um, but I will not get into a debate. I've learned it and and not that I haven't ever stepped in it before because I have, but I'm that's my current way of staying healthy in the midst of all this. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's I mean, so me personally as a pastor, I work hard to stay neutral. I don't want anybody to not call me for a family crisis or right. that because of whom I might have voted for. So right. I do work hard. Um, I, I stand up when I need to stand up, but remaining quiet sometimes is harder than standing up. And, um, there are certain issues that I just have to stand, like people not being treated right, but whatever. I agree. But, um, me losing friendships or church members or over politics to me is not, it's not worth it. Mm-mm. And um, hopefully our relationships are stronger than all of that. But that's, again, it's learning your audience and knowing your safe places. And, you know, I love that. If you have questions, ask us, especially these, um, I mentored two girls that are voting this year and they asked me like advice. And I was like, just read as much as you can and find mm-hmm. healthy news sources, 
from different angles so you can see right, right? and just right. just get educated um and i think that's important to to for those i don't know high schoolers to get as educated as they can you know and find healthy safe places to ask the questions primarily mm-hmm. at home yeah you know i just think you have to I, I fear that the next however many days we have between now and the election could be very um, challenging and difficult. And I agree with you that it is oftentimes I try to keep my mouth shut to the best of my ability. Um, doesn't mean I don't have strong opinions because I do, but it is I try. I, I, and there are times where I just have to say something like it just needs to come out and I try to say it in a healthy way and as neutral of a way as possible. But I feel like our society right now is at a very, like everything is polarizing. Uh Masks or not. Are we mad at school professionals or are we not? Are we mad at the police or are we not? Are we mad at like whatever it is? Like it's like very concrete and polarizing. And it's so sad to me. I just really think that it's sad. And I do think it stems from a place of fear and people being very reactive and people not being emotionally as healthy as we normally would be pre-COVID. And it is an unfortunate um perfect storm uh-huh. leading up to the next couple months. And I guess my request would be that that we really, really, really try to use discretion and to bite our tongues and to find grace and to take Each a breath. Other and as children of God. There we go. Okay, hardest question, Jenny. Love it. Okay. Are you going to follow the rules? Do I usually? No. Okay. <laughs> so if you were to pick a child or an adult, so first you have to pick an age group group and then what is one thing that you would want them to know about this topic honestly i'm gonna follow the rules Ooh, yeah interesting i said plenty to okay pay. interesting day. um for teenagers um i would say that it is totally normal and appropriate that you think that you know all the things that's how your brain is wired. That's how all of our brains were wired. At that stage of development, you think you know all the things. And I'm not taking away from all the things you do know because you know a lot. And they do know a lot. And I value them immensely at that age. But I think it's important to hold space for the fact that you can know a lot of things and be very confident and be very passionate about stuff and, and issues. But also hold space for the idea and understand that you don't know all the things you've lived 18 years, 16 years, 21 years, I don't know, but to, to be able to take a deep breath and to recognize there's so much more mm-hmm. and that you will sit one day, 20 years from now and go, wow, I thought I knew it all. And I, I, gosh, I knew a lot, but I know a lot more now. And I see things through a little bit of a different lens and to use grace over the next couple months, um, stand up when you need to, right, wrong, say when something is wrong and somebody's being hurt. If we are all children of God, we don't, it's not okay for people to be hurt. It's not okay for, you know, people to be hateful and stand up for when things are wrong, but, or somebody's being hurt, but getting in the middle of a political debate at school or at a friend's house or with your girlfriend or whatever is not likely to be productive for you. And it's just going to cause more anxiety and frustration. And why don't you put that towards doing good? and helping people and doing good things rather than getting everybody's blood pressure worked up in a pointless conversation. I love it. Well, again, thank you for being here. I always loved it. Thank you. Yeah. If this podcast has stirred anything in your um, mind, heart, or soul, you know, um, we are always here at St. Andrew. You can shoot me an email, um, a text, um, 
put on the bat light, whatever it is. Next week, we are going to be talking about how to talk to your kids about job loss and, you know, just family changes. We hope you join us. We'll see you next week.